Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And today we're talking about all the things we're looking forward to in 2021. You guys, I finally got a mic. Alexa has had one this whole time. I finally got one. Word on the street is that I sound worse with the mic than I did without. (laughs) So we'll have to see. (laughs) Who knows? You know? (laughs) Um, How was your Christmas? Did you Um, exchange any gifts? We did. Yeah. I bought my mom a bunch of like little things because I I had actually given her her Christmas present early, like a few months ago. Okay. Um, But so I just bought her a bunch of stuff. I bought her some CDs, which like, please, I can't even get into it. And um, wow, I I know I bought her three cookbooks cute because uh, strong armed her into getting rid of a bunch of her cookbooks from like 2004 that were frightening. (laughs) And so the deal was that I had to get her new cookbooks. She's very excited about them. Woman has never used a cookbook in her life, by the way, but that's, you know, another story. Now, how much have you been following with this? And like, the only thing I know is what you and I discussed when the news first broke, which okay. is that essentially all their movies for 2021 are coming out on HBO Max. Max. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, <clears throat> the, the little behind the scenes for them, what I guess they're thinking is so. Warner Brothers owns HBO and they launched HBO Max and it's not doing very well because they did like a soft launch of it and their and their subscribers are low. So I'm guessing that this was some sort of ploy to get people to HBO Max like by 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 releasing their films on HBO Max to get subscribers. Can we for a second sure. complain about HBO Max cuz yeah. I have some stuff to say. Yeah. Number one, how many different versions of HBO are you going to have? Like, like, relax. I was in like a rabbit hole, no lie, for months of accidentally paying for one that I wasn't using and then like <laughs> paying for us. Like, I am like, there's HBO Go, there's the HBO app, there's HBO Max, and like none of them overlap. I had a subscription to one and then it wasn't working on HBO Max and then Amazon like boycotted HBO Max. So they- And there was, wasn't there even like an HBO Plus at some point? Who knows? I have an HBO, I have an, an Amazon Fire Stick and that's how I watch like- Netflix and stuff on my TV and Amazon had like boycotted HBO. So they didn't even have an HBO max app for a while. So I was using like Amazon's version of an HBO app and I had to pay for that. Like they're out of control, out of control. The whole point is for this to make things easier and it's making them way more complicated. Way more also complicated. the user interface. Honestly, I, I thought Hulu was the worst. They have outdone Hulu. It honestly. is beyond bad. bad. I can't find anything, something that I was watching part way. Like if I'm watching yes. a show, I can't find where I left off. Like it's I the can't. only place you can watch friends. I yeah. want nothing to do with it. I just don't watch friends anymore. Yeah. Hate and it. Everything. Like, about and it. then they're doing like a reboot of gossip girl. And I think they're doing a reboot of sex in the city is what I heard. Um, 
and that's going to be like on their thing too. Who knows when any of that is happening or when it's coming out. Didn't even know they had an app on Amazon. I haven't gone on it until I looked yesterday on my mom and I bought her a fire stick for Christmas. And I discovered that they finally have relinquished and got themselves an app. So I haven't even tried that. So who knows what that looks like? Who knows if I'm even I just go straight through HBO Max or through the Apple TV. Who knows if I'm even paying for it at this point? Who knows if I even have access to it? Lord only knows. Yeah, nobody. I don't think anybody knows at this point. It's it's just a mess. And so instead of trying to remedy all of that, they were like, let's just pour gasoline on the fire like i don't know what like i don't know how much you read but basically they seemingly told no one they were doing this like it was a everybody you read that who was involved who made movies with them or whatever nobody knew nobody knew this was happening oh that makes sense now the the bit of news that i saw that puts it into context nobody knew judd apatow had a funny quote he was like it's somewhat shocking that a studio for their entire slate could call what appears to be nobody. <laughs> like, it, seems, <laughs> it seems like they, and he says it's a type of disrespect that you hear about in the history of show business, but to do that to just every single person that you work with is really somewhat stunning. So basically nobody knew. It wasn't just nobody the actors knew. in the movies. It was the directors, the producers. Everybody. Nobody knew. They basically just said, and and like the one we're hearing most about is Dune because right. of the price tag on what it made to make Dune. It was like a $170 million movie or something like that. And so when they put that much money into it and now hear that it's going to be available for what is it? $12.99 a month? That's a whatever. Fuck. Yeah, that's a problem. They're never going to make that money back on that movie. There's no way. And and that's like the biggest issue with this is is how money is going to fall on the table, because the reason that the studios are able to make movies that cost that much is because they make a return on that money when they release them theatrically. But if they don't, they're not they're never going to be able to recoup a return of the level that they need to continue on a cycle of making movies that cost that much money. Right. And so I guess the alternative, if they hadn't done this was to just release them theatrically. And I'm guessing their decision-making process told them that that was likely going to be even worse. Yeah. And that's, and the thing is, is like, I guess it's just, they're, they're like looking at the narrow now time of, well, right now we really can't, release them theatrically because no one's going to movies either so they're losing money either way like you just said so they just figured might as well try and make some money by having more subscribers since everyone's at home because of covid but the but everybody else like sony and universal and things are are sort of like hunkering down for now and hoping that in the future we'll be able to go to the movies again. And so they're kind of banking on that and they're kind of biding their time right now while people are not going, but Warner brothers just threw in the towel and was like, we need the money now, which they don't. And, and they were like, let's try and make some money this way. I don't know why they would do it in such a terrible way. Like, I don't know why they would not tell anybody or, try and figure something out beforehand or have meetings like how could this director of dune not know his movie was going to be put on streaming before the news hit it's insane to me 
Yeah, and there had to have been some meetings, but it's pretty notable, like, that they left out whatever, you know, 95% of the people that should have been in those meetings. Other part I'm wondering is, are you familiar with the term loss leader? No. So often like retail stores will do this where, where they'll advertise a sale on something that, you know, a lot of people want, that, mm-hmm. uh, that'll get a lot of people in the store mm-hmm. and they'll mark it down so drastically that they're actually not making money on it or perhaps even losing money Costco on it. Costco does that it with gets rot- people into the store. Yeah. Yes, Costco's rotisserie, rotisserie chickens. chickens. Yeah. Exactly. That's like one of the most famous examples. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wonder too, um, whether that was part of the thought process. So like, they're obviously not going to make that money back on Dune or probably on a bunch of their other bigger movies, bigger yeah. budget movies, but maybe they're thinking in the long term. you know, once people sign up for a streaming service, they're fairly unlikely to cancel it. Yeah. So I wonder how much that. Yeah. It, it, how much that's contributing to their, it just seems yeah. like, I mean, doing quick thought in my head though, it can't, I cannot imagine that the money evens out in any way. Cause it's like, Okay, so what, well, what it, is it? Well, it doesn't. It, that's the point. It doesn't. And, right. And so that's, so it's like, even from an economic point of view, it seems crazy that they would leave all that money on the table, basically. Like, that's what Christopher Nolan is another one who made a lot of comments about it because his film was largely responsible for putting the nail in the coffin of Warner Brothers making their decision. He had a movie called Tenet or, or Tenet. I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, it came out in like September, I think. And he and like he, he and the studio were insistent on still having it have a theatrical release, despite it being like in the height of the pandemic and no one was going to the movies. So it bombed. It made it made nothing. It didn't it didn't make nearly amount of the money that they wanted it to make, especially for a Christopher Nolan movie. And that and and Warner Brothers cited that movie's failure as part of the decision that made them mm. change their view on how they were going to release the rest of their movies for 2021. And so Christopher Nolan has come out and basically said, like, it it doesn't make any sense what you guys are doing. Like, it doesn't make any even financial or economic sense of like in the long term, you guys are leaving billions on the table that you could be making if you continued to release them theatrically only. But if his movie bombed, I wonder why he's having... I guess because he's attributing it to the pandemic and he's thinking... Like, I don't even know if theaters were open mostly in like that when he released it. So that contributed to it. I'm guessing he's hoping that it won't be like that forever. That we'll be like in a place where we do go back to the movies and now that they've set this precedent, there's a chance that people won't go back because they're like, why would I go to the movies when I can watch it at home on HBO? Do you think that a cultural, a lasting cultural shift happens that quickly? I think we're in a weird time where it has the potential to happen that quickly. I think because we've had so much change so quickly that Mm -hmm. like, like, do I think that theaters will close and we'll never see a movie in the theaters again? Probably not. I think that that's something people still love doing even if it's like not for maybe they don't see every movie in the theater now, but people will still go. So do I think it'll happen? Probably not, but it could, I think it could, I think it could because of how quickly this, like the pandemic has changed so much for so many people that, and how quickly we've all had to adapt that I think it could happen faster than we even thought possible. The thing that concerns me the most is that a big 
part of the movie going experience is the perceived value of a movie mm-hmm. that like you have to go to the theater to see it. Yeah. And it has a higher value, perceived yeah. value. And if it's just on HBO or streaming wherever else, it's not that people aren't going to watch it. And 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 I think that that like is another part that I think, especially when with these like our tour directors, like I, his name is hard to pronounce. The guy who does Dune, I think it's Denis Villeneuve or something like that is how you pronounce his name. I have no idea. He specifically is like. Dune is by far the best movie I've ever made. My team and I devoted more than three years of our lives to make a unique big screen experience. Mm. Our movie's images and sound were meticulously designed to be seen in theaters. I'm speaking on my own behalf, though I stand in solidarity with the 16 other filmmakers who now face the same fate. Please know I'm with you and that together we are strong. The artists who are the ones who create and movies and series. I strongly believe the future of cinema will be on the big screen no matter what any Wall Street dilettante says. Since the dawn of time, humans have deeply needed communal storytelling experiences. Cinema on the big screen is more than a business. It's an art form that brings people together, celebrating humanity, enhancing our empathy for one another. It's one for the very last artistic in-person collective experiences we share as human beings. Mm. It's got to be heartbreaking for for all of them, but yeah, when really you read, for him. When you read something like that, it makes you, I, I know it makes me like angry that they're doing that. Like that, yeah. that, that they would take because that away there's from no, him. There's no getting that back. No. Even if they're making multiple Dune movies. Yes. Yeah. There's no getting that back. Like he spent years of his life diligently. And and like I read about the making of that movie, like that they had many fights with the studio people about how things are supposed to sound and how things are supposed to look and things like that. And to have all that battle and then have it thrown away just because it's on somebody's, you know, 45 inch TV instead of a screen in a movie theater. It's sad to hear that. I bet a lot of, um, cause I know Dune has a cult following from the yeah. original and I bet a lot of those fans will not watch it on HBO. I totally believe that. Plus there's, so there's a lot of drama specifically going around with that because I think legendary who is a, is an, is a, a filmmaking studio that co-produced the mil- the, the film mm-hmm. They're I think going to file a lawsuit against HBO. And Did I, you hear the Timmy drama about the legendary shirt? Yes, that he wore it on SNL and solidarity of them. Yeah, I did see that. And like, I was surprised. Yeah. He he's not he's usually one to like avoid really I didn't craziness. Know. <laughs> you know? Um I mean he speaks out, of course, like about social justice and stuff, but mm-hmm. when it comes to industry drama, like I haven't seen him, you know, get mm-hmm. involved or voice his opinion on anything, and he really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he went for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's still in the works and i read an article the other day that was like dune may be pulled from the list of movies that is going to put be put on hbo which would be a big wow. deal because if yeah. they succeed they're opening up the floodgates for all those other people to to file similar things you mentioned sony and other studios that they were saying you know that they're holding off mm-hmm. essentially and I mean, it makes sense, obviously, if there was one that was going to go this route, that it would be Warner Brothers. Like, yeah. Sony doesn't have a streaming service. Universal no. doesn't have a streaming That's service. That's really true. Like, they don't really get to say, like, well, we're holding off. And then it's so funny because Sony is, Sony really, like, they made a statement that said that, like, they had received 
more calls from directors and talent since this news broke, like a boom, basically an interest to work with Sony rather than Warner brothers, because they, because talent and directors and things want to work with a studio that right now is going to continue with the theatrical release schedule and universal. In fact, they doubled down in the other direction. And so basically when a movie's released, it, it has a cycle of 31 days in the theater typically. And uh, universal made a deal with AMC that movies that open with less than $50 million in their first opening weekend. Um, they only have to be in the theater for 17 days, but mm-hmm. movies that are make over 50 million will have the normal 31 day cycle in the theaters. So they sort of had a middle ground as far as like being able to uh, release their movie in another platform or something like that and not keep it in the theater. It's, depending on, again, the level of the movie and how much it makes in the theater on their first weekend. Um, so Kevin T. Porter talked about this a little bit, and he was talking, he brought an interesting thought that I hadn't really thought of, which is if this does change the industry and how like movies are evaluated as successful, because right now it's on theatrical sales, it will actually help movies like romantic comedies Because right now, studios do not make romantic comedies. Streaming platforms and other things, low budget, like Hallmark, make romantic comedies. Because even if they're very successful, like a Nancy Myers movie is, it's still not making nearly the amount of the money that a regular movie, like action movie or or whatever, would make. Especially in international sales, that tends to be lower in romantic comedies because it's not as translatable. And so it will, it could actually change the way studios see the movies they choose to make because to them if the difference of money is not that much between making an action movie and making a romantic comedy it could result in warner brothers making more romantic comedies or sony or whoever if that's the way it goes so could level out the types of movies that get made because of what studios typically view as profitable versus non- So it could have that effect, which would be interesting to see that like Universal goes back to making movies that don't make millions of dollars on their first week. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that happen because it feels now and more and more each year like movie theaters are just showing blockbuster movies. Totally. Which is fine. I mean, they have their time and place, but it's true. You don't see, when was the last romantic comedy you saw in a theater? Probably what, Crazy Rich Asians? Or or even or even lower budget, more independent movies. You right. have to go to like a very specific theater mm-hmm. if you happen to have one near you. Yeah, they don't typically Can't go get... see like go to an AMC. Right. They you don't typically have like a wide release on those kinds of things because they just don't make enough money to to support that. We'll have to see. I mean, especially with I mean, Netflix and Hulu and things like that at this point are just churning out original content. So with that ramping up and all, because I think Disney plus is starting to uh, develop some original just for streaming content. When that heart starts to happen, that might balance it out where studios might be able to continue their theatrical release, but then their subsidiaries like Hulu being a, you know, being owned by Disney and they can get money that way because HBO, there's nothing to stop HBO from making movies that just get released on HBO max. 
I'm excited for the industry as a whole to change. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first heard the news about Warner Brothers, I envisioned like, I I mean, a lot of theaters have closed. A lot more are going to close and that's heartbreaking. Hopefully many of them will reopen. But I also, you know, the, the industry has been moving toward like a more almost like boutique experience anyway, with those bigger like seats, the reclining seats and you can order food and drinks and all that stuff. Um, So I'm excited to see what happens in the next couple of years. I guarantee you there will be more like modern drive-ins opening. And I also wonder whether studios or, or companies that we know as just streaming like Apple or Netflix or whatever will open their own movie going type of experiences too. They certainly could just like Amazon did with books. I mean, they, yeah. they Amazon drove all the, the brick and mortar bookstores out of business and then opened up an Amazon bookstore. So <laughs> yeah. And, and that of course is like gut wrenching. So I, I certainly don't want a situation like in which yeah. it puts other theaters out of business. Right. But it would be cool to see like, the industry expand in different Right, because there's room for both. If they create a different experience from going to the movies, people will still want to go. As yeah. Not the exact same, what they perceive to be the same experience as sitting on their couch and watching it. And then if, if let's say, just using Dune, Dune as an example, what if when they release it, I don't even know if the release is in the summer, but let's say it is. Mm-hmm. Um like, what if they do an actual event, like an outdoor event where you pay, I don't know, maybe you're paying 50 bucks a ticket and right. it's an entire experience. And, you know, what if they do that in 12 major cities or, yeah. of course, even that is not going to even remotely make up right. for the budget of the movie, but just <laughs> to create some hype about scene, Right. Yeah. So what are some of the other movies that we're going to be able to watch? On HBO Max. Um, well, I know that the Sopranos movie is coming out on HBO Max. The the prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, is supposed to come out on HBO Max. Um, Mortal Kombat, um, Godzilla versus King Kong, a new Conjuring movie, which me and you could not have any less of an interest in. Literally couldn't pay me. <laughs> um, in the Heights, which I think is a Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. The Suicide Squad is getting another movie. Dune, obviously. Matrix Four. Um, and that's those are the the rest of them are titles I don't recognize. So speaking of uh, what's coming out, what did you find out about uh Disney? Because I only you texted me about that, like that Disney had released a huge list of stuff that's supposed to be coming out. They went <laughs> wild. They went like full tilt. They did not fuck around. Now, I do want to start this by letting you guys know that I am not a Disney adult. So please don't consider me one. Alexa's (laughs) on the verge of being a Disney adult, I have to say, but she's not there yet. I am. I'm not Um, as crazy as as it can be, (laughs) but I'm way, way more than you. I see most things when they come out and, you know. But but there are some really exciting things coming and I it would take us hours and hours to discuss them all. Yeah. So I made a list of the things that are most exciting to me, most of which I think will be to you, too. OK, cool. Um, first off, this is not exciting to me, but I know it will be to a lot of people. And that's that 
They're making nine Star Wars series. Nine? Nine. Nine. Series? Like as in like yeah. movies or, or series no, no. like The Mandalorian? Series. Yeah. Holy shit. One of which is going to be called Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's the return of Hayden Christensen and okay. Ewan McGregor. When I tell you that that was one thing that did breach, because I tried not to learn too much because you were going <laughs> to tell me. When I read that, I can't, you can't, you can't fully understand the level of, ex- Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character from Star Wars. So to get for him, him and Han Solo are my two favorites, but for him to get his own series i will there's nothing that could stop me from watching that <laughs> i have as you guys know i've never seen a star wars, a any, star wars. i don't even think i've seen like any <laughs> just nothing about star wars um but i do remember the time period when hayden and ewan were in these movies mm-hmm. and so to know that they're coming back like into the star wars and it's funny because hayden christensen is reviled in the in the star wars community his performance oh, his performance his okay, performance I, was, I thought people would be excited no his performance as anakin is is very controversial and people really hated his portrayal of him so it's really it's baffling and very exciting to see that he's coming back because first of all just for him i can't believe he's braving that storm for his own personal (laughs) sanity that he would open himself up to that but maybe i mean things are different maybe now that george lucas won't be in charge of it it'll be different because there's a lot of people who say that i know i'm speaking to i'm not speaking to you i'm speaking to you but you don't understand what any of this means (laughs) george lucas directed and made those movies that hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor are in I, i actually knew that oh I don't know why or how, but I did. (laughs) He made them and had more of a hand in the direction of them. And it's assumed that it was his doing that made it them so terrible. So it's possible that Hayden and uh, Ewan will have a chance of still being great in those, in that series. Now that George Lucas is at the helm. All right. Um, And then the other star Wars news is that there are two movies coming. Okay. One being rogue squadron. Okay. Um, which is exciting because it's being directed by Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. And she is the first woman to direct a film in the Star Wars franchise. That is cool. Yay. The other really cool news is that um, there's a second movie coming out, which is untitled as of now. It's still being written Ooh. by Taika Waititi. You're kidding. Of Jojo Rabbit. And I do believe from from the info I've gathered that it is going to be like, you know, like in his fu- personal style. That'll be so cool. So That'll be so I might cool. even have to see it. Holy <laughs> Who shit, knows? I'm yo. sure that won't be coming out till 23 or 24. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, next on the list. I'm not even kidding you when I tell you I teared up a little oh when gosh. I heard this news. They're making another Mighty Ducks movie. It's going to be called The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. <laughs> this is this is basically all the movies I'm going to be talking about. The only reason I'm interested is because the originals are from my childhood. So, like, if you're not around my age, then, like, turn this episode off right now. Um, Emilio Estevez is coming back. And Lauren Graham is also going to be in it. What? How cool, right? That is so cool. They're also doing a prequel to Beauty and the Beast. Wow, that's interesting. I would be so interested to see that. 
I think it might be live action. Actually, I'm not. I'm oh, not that quite doesn't. Sure. Yeah, that pro- that fits because their mm-hmm. last one was re- live. They did the live action. Oh, with, that's right. I actually yeah. did see that one. It's oh, you one did. Of the few, it's one of the few Disney movies I've seen in. I don't know, tw- 20 years. <laughs> so interesting. What made you um, watch that one? <laughs> because I loved Beauty and the original Aww. Beauty and the Beast. As <laughs> um, and so I know Josh Gad is coming back for that. Aww, oh, cute. so that makes sense. So he'll be. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he was, I don't know what he was in that. I can't remember. <laughs> um, he was up. the clock, wasn't he? I no. guess that's what his, that's what fits. But the clock is not funny in the original. So I'm thinking like. Yes, he know. is. The clock? No, he's like a serious like worry wart. He's always worrying and fighting with Lumiere. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's he's so cute, he, Alexa. <laughs> no, he's not the clock. He's someone. Oh, he's Gaston's little guy. He's he's the guy that always follows Gaston around and sings the song, sings Ga- the Gaston song. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> He's him. That that makes sense because I can I've heard his version of that song. Cogsworth was Ian McKellen, which sounds much more up <laughs> of <laughs> the voice sounds much more like what Cogsworth would sound like. <laughs> um, okay, so next, this is a deep cut, but oh, they're God. making another Swiss Family Robinson. Okay, so I've seen this, but the original I watched as a kid, but it was actually from like our parents time so i think the original is from like the it's extremely 50s or 60s. yeah so it's extremely funny that you're saying this because i went to disney world with your mother and i remember they have in disney world at least when i was a kid i don't know if it's still there. weirdly now. i was not there <laughs> <laughs> you were older i don't know how old i was but you were not an in interest of going to disney world with your young cousins um <laughs> but your mom was with us and um, at least when I was there, I don't know if it's still there. There was like a Swiss family Robinson, like very cool, like tree house thing that you could like walk through. It was like a, they had like an exhibit mm-hmm. thingy that you walk through. And I remember being there with your mom and your mom like loved it and was like talking all about it. And I didn't know anything about it, but I remember, I remember it very strongly that memory that's very cute through the Swiss family Robinson tree house thing. And your mom talking about the show or movie. So it came out in 1960. So my mom was six years old, which tracks because it was one of her favorite childhood movies. So she introduced me to it when I was a kid. I watched it over and over and over. And now this one that's going to be coming out is directed by John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians. Um, Next is one we both know about and have mixed feelings on. And that's the sequel to Hocus Pocus. Oh, my God. Mostly, I my mixed feelings come from I just want them to make it so I can stop hearing about them making. Hocus Pocus <laughs> I actually agree with that. I can't. They've um, been talking about doing it for years and years and years. Like I am excited, but also like the excitement is dimming. You need to just make it and stop talking about it. <laughs> they're also remaking. This is not something I'm excited for, but I just okay. had to mention because it's so insane. They're remaking Three Men and a Baby with Zac Efron. <laughs> what? I don't know. Moving on. Clamoring for that. (laughs) This one is actually very cool. They're remaking cheaper by the dozen (gasps) with from um, Kenya Barris is producing. He's the producer of blackish and Gabrielle union is starring. I don't know anything about the rest of the cast yet, but 
That sounds cool. I'm very into that it. Does I do I'm hope Steve Martin that. makes some type of cameo. That you would be know cool. he will. That would be cool. This one I have to mention because I have some thoughts. Oh, Jungle God. Cruise. I don't know if it, I don't think it has anything to do with the Jungle Book, but it is called Jungle Cruise and it's starring Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. And the reason why I had to mention it is I need someone to tell me how many movies set in the jungle The Rock can actually do. (laughs) Is there, does the limit does not exist? Like, I don't know. (laughs) It must be contractually obligated to appear in a jungle if he's going to do it. Every six months, a movie has to come out where The Rock is in the jungle and wearing no shirt, (laughs) but some sort of jungle inspired headwear, hat, safari hat. They're making a prequel to The Lion King, which I was a little iffy about. However, it's being directed by Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight. Wow. Yeah. They're also making a live action Pinocchio with okay. Tom Hanks. Now wow. I have some thoughts. Okay. Obviously I'm excited. Love Tom Hanks, like into whatever he's doing. Found Pokio, Pokio, found <laughs> Pinocchio absolutely positively terrifying as a child. Yeah. To be honest, even still now as an adult, not yeah. sure how I feel about it. Uh, they're making a sequel to Enchanted. Oh, I saw that. Called Disenchanted. I so cannot cute into wait. It. I'm into that for sure. Um, next, I think I actually let out an audible shriek when I read this. Sister Act 3. <laughs> I've never seen the second one. I only saw the first well, one as a young kid, but I've never listen, seen the second one. Lauren Hill is in the second one. So like, where have you been and what have you been doing? Who's Lauren Hill? Excuse me? I'm going to look it up. I don't know wait who Lauren <laughs> You guys? <laughs> We've reached a turning point. I can't, I can't, Alexa. Where am I supposed to know her from? This is where our generations <laughs> have a divide. I legitimately have never seen this woman in my life. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, only one of the most prolific rap albums of all time. <laughs> your face right now i wish this was a video podcast so people could see your appalled face i don't know i don't we don't have time to get into this but you guys i need you to find alexa on social media and bully her over this seriously this is worthy of bullying (laughs) moving right along cruella oh is emma stone sorry emma stone Yes. yes This has been like in the whispers for a long time. I'm very excited about that for sure. Next isn't particularly exciting for me because I haven't seen most of the movies, but um, they're making a movie about Buzz Lightyear, but it's a science fiction adventure film and it's voiced by Chris Evans. As Buzz? Yeah. That's so cool. I yeah, I guess it's like his um, it's like imagination or something. I don't, I don't know. That's but. pretty neat. And then I made some notes. Um, I skipped over all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, don't hate us. We have been. We're not educated on that whatsoever. We're like, not. We're, and we and we may actually do an episode on it later this year. But for now, we're skipping over it because it's too much for us to handle. Yeah. 
And then I made a few notes about Hulu because Disney does own a majority share in Hulu and they're producing a few shows. Ooh. One is called Only Murders in the Building. Okay. And it's a comedy show with Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. I'll give you a moment to absorb that and process it. Selena Gomez? The fuck is that weird? That's really bizarre. They're also making a show about Elizabeth Holmes, you know, the Theranos woman called The Dropout. And Kate McKinnon is playing her. Interesting. I'm very into that. Kate McKinnon is really, really great. V talented, V cool. Yes. And lastly, but certainly not least, but also probably very least is Nine Perfect Strangers, written by <laughs> David E. Kelly. Oh, my God. Tell me it's Which in the if, courtroom drama. <laughs> if you guys listened to our episode on The Undoing, you know that we have feelings about David E. Kelly, but it gets better, Alexa. What? It's starring... Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman. Oh, my God. Get a room. And- and melissa mccarthy and regina hall all right wait a minute i'm kind of kind of excited about also the title's very intriguing to me what what, do we know what it's about so it's a book or something it is it's a thriller and it's adapted from a book of the same name well hopefully there's no courtroom in it and he has to adapt into something else because i can't watch his insider lawyer jargon anymore (laughs) okay i'm excited so that's what i'm looking forward to from the disney announcement is there anything else that we want to talk about like with this coming year that we've heard or anything that we want to just address before we close this out i'm wondering if we should do an episode on what's coming for netflix and the rest of hulu like outside of disney Mm. would you guys be interested in that let us know yeah. Because we don't want to make it if you don't give a shit. <laughs> although, although in that case, you're probably not even still listening at this point. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might do it. We're ready for this year to be over. We're looking forward to 2021. Excited even for though what bring. Just turning a page on a calendar doesn't actually end all but the hell. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> don't let the door hitch on the way out. <laughs> Um, um so if you want to send us an email about anything you're looking forward to or anything we the stupid shit we said um you can email us at tickets please podcast at gmail.com and if you're enjoying our podcast we would love for you guys to go on itunes and leave us a review so we can help reach a bigger audience yeah that would be awesome if you guys could do that until next See time you soon